Okay. We'll wait and see how many people we get in here. And then I'll address this goofiness. Now, I haven't been reading it lately. I've been I've been trying to tackle some of these other books I got. Um, considering what my content has been lately, I've been reading The Long Game by Mitch McConnell. I'm just starting to get into the stealth war. Robert Spaulding. And I want to start this one by Ted Cruz. So I haven't been able to, I haven't been able to read Weapon Brown because it's so long. But I did read, I read the first, um, first part of the Last Ronin, I read that, and I'm reading, I'm reading some Superman story where his father came back, um, where Jor-El came back, he's got like one of his eyes is messed up or whatever, I was trying to see what that was about, but nah, I haven't really been reading, um, haven't really been reading uh, Weapon Brown, but As you can see, it's late night. I done already turned in for the night, so to speak. But as I call myself turning in, I'm going through sometimes at night what I do. Is I'll go through my messages. I'll go through my comments to see if, you know, see if there's anything. Like, I've, I've been getting trolled in my comments lately. Not really trolled, but spam. I don't know what that's about. There's, there's like, there's like these freaking accounts that are pictures of, like, Asian chicks in bikinis. And they just seem to be spamming everybody's uh, 
comment section. I, I have no idea what that's about. But what I do is I go through and I block them and then I erase whatever little comment they put under there. But um, I also try to see if anybody is um, try to see if anybody is trolling me, right? And I'm gonna tell you something right now, and I mean this with every ounce of my being. I cannot stand black folk, and I mean that. I, like I'm not even. I'm I'm not even joking. Excuse me. I'm not even joking. I, I can't stand black folk. I can't. I can't stand them. Ain't shit. They ain't. Now, I probably won't leave this up. I'll probably repost this on the X-Files or something. Maybe I'll repost it on Rumble. I don't know. But I got to get it off my chest. And I'll put the person's name in the... Uh, put the person's name in the title. So nine times out of 10, they're watching. Now most of you might say, well, you don't know if they're watching angry, man. You, you don't know. You don't know if they're watching. Onslaught, appreciate you. So you don't know if they're watching. They, you know, they probably sleep. They gotta go to work in the morning. No, they're watching. They're watching. Because you look, if there's one thing I know about people who watch YouTube channels, it is only the losers who go to YouTube channels and watch content creators they don't like and then put goofy comments in the comment section. There have been times that I have seen a video that I did not like. And I started to put a comment in the comment section. And then right before I get ready to start typing the comment, I say to myself, what's the point of me even typing this comment? Like, it's not going to change the person's mind. Well, what's the point? There's no point. If the person is an idiot, then let them be an idiot. Why, why should I try to police them? You know? It's a waste of time and energy. It's a waste of my energy, right? 
which brings me to which brings me to the comment that was put in my comment section. I'm going to read this verbatim. So, this was under my video Sydney Powell goes harder in the paint than most of you dudes. Now keep in mind there are three videos I had and the person put the same comment under all three videos. So, I guess it's the videos that were in succession or the videos that were being put out those days, right? So, someone named Baby Guh, G-H-H-A-H. -H -H. And it is a picture, the icon is a picture of a chick with a baby. And no dude in sight, so you pretty much know what that's about. And this was three days ago. And this is what she said. And of course it would be a chick. This is what she said. She said, where are the donations? Question mark. You get mad that people can't donate to you every time you go live. It's crazy. People have bills too. Do you donate to every content creator video or show that you watch? Question mark. I'm willing to bet the answer is no in all caps. So don't be a hypocrite, Valdez. End of quote. So let's start off. The first sentence is, where are the donations? Basically mocking me because I was complaining about lack of donations. Then it says, you get mad that people can't donate to you every time you go live. Well, let's address that first. Let's address that first. Well, before we address that, let me let me first go into this. And it's part of the reason I can't stand black folk. I can't stand Negroes. Number one, if this person knows that I like, want, or require people to support the show that I put out. Appreciate you, Mark G. If they don't agree with that, why watch me? You know, you obviously, baby girl, you obviously watched three of my shows because you put that same comment under three of the comment sections of three different shows. What I'm trying to figure out is why are you watching me? The second thing I'm trying to figure out is 
why is it when it comes to black content creators you think we're supposed to do shows for you for free you think we're supposed to entertain you for free you think we're supposed to inform you and educate you for free now keep in mind whenever i go live i used to have an average of a hundred people watching the moment i went live when i had an average of a hundred people I would ask for 10 people to contribute. Now, some people might contribute $20. Some people might contribute five. Some people might contribute a dollar. But I asked for 20, I asked for 10 people. I used to ask for 10 people. Why did I ask for 10 people? What, what's significant about that number? Well, if I go live, and the moment I start the show, I got 100 people watching. To me, that's my average, right? That's my average. I view that as the number of people who do not jump in and out of the stream, the number of people who actually watch all the way through. So I look at that like my average, right? I've done this long enough to know what my base is. So of my base, which used to be 100, now it's 200. So since it's 200, I asked for 20 people to support the show. My logic is when I go live, I'm not even five minutes in and I got 200 people watching. My average has went from 100 to 200 people who watch consistently all the way through. So my logic is since I'm asking people to voluntarily donate, and this is not a show that has a paywall, right? I just watched the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones fight that only lasted, pff, what? You had eight two-minute rounds, right? Eight two-minute rounds. So 20-minute fight. I paid $50 for that 20-minute fight. Now, I could have tried to go across the internet and find some freaking uh, pirated copy of it, or I could have tried to watch somebody's YouTube video where they're recording their own TV screen, or I could just pay the $50 and watch it in real time, which is what I did. Because I wanted to watch it. Now, like I said, the reason why I'm picking that number of my average audience is I figured that if I can consistently have 100 people watching, at the very least, I should be able to get 10% of those people to support. Now, since I have 200 average watchers i think to myself appreciate you uh douglas Bryan. he said here's a little donation to piss off baby guh appreciate you bro um the way i figure it 200 average watchers i should be able to get 10 percent of that which 20 people now do i expect the same 20 people to donate every show 
No. I don't. I don't. If I expected the same amount of people to donate every show, then I would be expecting all 100 people to donate every show. Or all 200 people to donate every show. If I expected a donation for every show from the same people, then I would be trying to charge admission, not contributions, not donations. Now, the way it usually works out, you usually have the same group of people contributing on every show. And the reason why is because those people are not bums. Those are the people who actually value the content. Those are the people who actually support the content. Those are the people who actually like the content. Now, you have other people who have a welfare mind state like you do, baby guh. And I know the psychology behind why you're upset about me asking for donations. It's not because you think I'm wrong for asking for donations. It's because, one, you're either broke and can't donate or... It's because you have a welfare mind state and you think that you should get everything for free. And by me asking for contributions every show, it makes you feel guilty. And then you in turn get angry at me for making you feel guilty. It's it's kind of like when a person it's kind of like when a person comes to you and and, you know, borrows fifty dollars from you. Right. They borrow the $50 from you and they tell you, well, I'll pay you the $50 back next week. And you say, okay. So next week comes and they don't pay you the $50. So you give them a little grace period. You give them a little grace period. Derek, appreciate you. You say, your content has changed my life, big bro. Salute. Appreciate you, fam. So you give them a little grace period. And then you say enough is enough. And then you ask them, CC, appreciate you. And then you ask them about the $50. Then they get upset with you. Like, you don't have a right to ask them for the $50. In fact, it gets to the point to where they start giving you the money little by little. And they act like they're doing you a favor by giving you back your money. So that's that same attitude. And this attitude is really relevant, is really prevalent, excuse me, amongst black people. Because black people, for the most part, think the entire world owes them something. They have absolutely no respect for anybody's intellectual property. And, you know, they definitely don't support their own. So I can understand why you're getting upset about me asking for donations. But I would add this. I would, I would just present this to you, baby girl. When you turn on your TV set to watch TV, do you have to pay for the electricity some of the time? Or do you have to pay for the electricity every time? When you get in your car to drive it, are there some days you can drive your car for free? 
Or is the only way you can drive your car is because there's gas in it? Are there some days where you don't have to pay for insurance? So in other words, whatever your insurance premium is for your car, right? Do you only have to pay for the days that you drive the car? Or do you pay the premium for the entire month? In other words, what I'm asking you is, does your premium change based upon the usage of the car? So if you only drove your car 10 days out of the month, do you only have to pay for 10 days of insurance? No. If you drive your car for the entire year, every single day, 365 days, and you don't get into one accident, does the insurance company send you a check back for all of your premiums? No, they don't. If you don't pay your streaming service bill, if you don't pay Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu or Disney Plus, do you still get to watch it? When you go grocery shopping, are there some days that you have to pay for the grocery and then other days that you don't? But let's bring it back to the realm of watching TV and television shows and entertainers and stuff like that. Do you get to go to the comedy show? Let's say for argument's sake, you like Kevin Hart. Do you get to go to his shows and only pay sometime? So if Kevin Hart comes to your city this month, do you get to go for free? Do you, do you show up at the arena with a bullhorn and yell, hey, Kevin, I know you're in there somewhere. Why are you always asking people to pay for your tickets? Because there's another part in here. You said, you said, where are the donations? You get mad that people can't donate to you every time you go live. It's crazy. People have bills too. So do you get to go to a Jay-Z concert for free because you have bills? No, this is what you do. This is what you do. Lioness, appreciate you. What you do as an adult is you look at your finances. If you can afford to go to the Jay-Z concert and pay your bills, then that's what you do. If you can only pay your bills, you don't go to the Jay-Z concert. But you certainly don't expect to watch the Jay-Z concert for free. See, people like you are why when you go to concerts, they tell you at the beginning of the concert not to record anything with your phone. 
because that artist is trying to protect his intellectual property because it's his property. See, Jay-Z took the time to build his reputation, to build his skill as an artist and to come up with those lyrics and that performance, which means he's the only one that should get paid off of that. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. The same way when I get up here and I talk, it took me a while to build my reputation and to build my channel and to be known as an individual on YouTube that is worth watching. And that is a never ending thing for me. You know, it's, it's the reason why I read books like this. Because right now I'm mostly talking about politics. So I read a book like this. I read a book like this. I read a book like this. read a book like this. Read a book like this. I read a book like this. And I read books like this. Now why do I read books like that? To expand my knowledge. Because the more books I read about the topics I talk about, the more I expand my knowledge, the more research I do on the topics I talk about, it gives me interesting things to talk about on my show, which people find to be valuable. Now, would someone like you, baby guh, ever read a book like this if it wasn't part of some college course or some required reading at a school you have to go to? Of course you wouldn't. You wouldn't even give this book a second look if you walked past it in the bookstore. But you know what? That's giving you too much credit because I doubt you've ever been in a bookstore. See, we know you're not reading books like this. We know you're not reading books at all. What you're doing is you're scouring YouTube, hoping for people like me to read the books and then give you the information for free because you're a bum. Why do any of the intellectual heavy lifting but somebody else could do it for you. Now, I'm not totally against other people reading information and then translating it. But if other people are going to do that and you're going to go to their channels to watch them break down the information that they went and researched, the least you could do is donate. 
Which brings me to the other part of your statement. You said, do you donate to every content creator video or show that you watch? Well, not every show that I watch because every show that I watch isn't a live stream. But to answer your question, you said I'm willing to bet the answer is no. You would lose that bet. And then you said, so don't be a hypocrite. Well, if you consider me going to other live streams of people that I watch and donating, being a hypocrite, then yeah, I would be a hypocrite. But if you're saying that I'm being a hypocrite because I don't donate to other content creators, then you're wrong. In fact, out of everybody in this space, when it comes to content creators, I would say I'm one of the few content creators at my level that donates consistently. Now, lately, I haven't been able to watch people's live streams, so you're not going to see a lot of donations from me because I haven't been able to watch live streams. But anybody who knows me knows that if I go to a live stream, okay, my very first comment in the chat room, and most times my only comment in the chat room is in the form of a super chat. I have donated hundreds of dollars at one time to content creators. I've even done shows where the money that I received on that show went to other people. So I've done shows where I've said, hey, instead of donating to my link, donate to this person's link. Let me raise money for this person. I have taken the proceeds from some of my contributions and given it to other brothers in need. So instead of coming to my channel and trying to figure out ways to shame me, and talk down on me just because you're looking for some some sort of justification as to why you're such a cheap ass bum. What you should do is you should first pay attention to me and see what it is I actually do. That's what you should do first. Maybe you should ask somebody about my reputation. Maybe you should pay attention to what goes on for a while before you're rushing to make your little judgments, your unsolicited judgments, I might add. But as far as your name, I've never seen you donate to me or any other content creators I see. But, but you're quick to come here and until, you know, put the angry man in his place. How dare you ask people to contribute for watching your intellectual property? G-Rock, appreciate you.
You know what's funny about that? When I saw that comment. It made me laugh at first. And then I got angry. The reason why I got angry is because before I started doing political commentary, it was very easy for me to churn out two videos a day without having to do a bunch of extra work, right? Because before I would do my afternoon show and then I would do my night show and that was it. But now I do my afternoon show and then I do my night show. And when I do my night show, I then chop up the videos to make the smaller videos, which takes more time. In addition to that, since I've been talking about politics, it requires more time for me to do research on the topics that I'm talking about. So what has happened is that has taken away my time to actually watch other content creators. You know, and there's a few content creators that I still have love for, you know, there's a few content creators that I'm going to always support because they my people, but I haven't had time. I haven't had time to go to Kendra's live stream. I haven't had time to go to BJ's live stream. I haven't had time to go to DS1's live stream. I haven't had time. I really haven't had time to go to anybody's live stream. But before I started talking about political commentary, and I had more free time, every day I would watch multiple live streams and I would donate to multiple live streams. I was spending anywhere from 50 to $100 every day just supporting other content creators in the, in the manosphere, in what you call the black manosphere. So it's really insulting to me for some jackhole to come to my comment section and say, angry man, do you donate to every other con to every content creator you watch every time they go live? Yes. If I'm watching them, yes. In fact, I am the person who started the trend of content creators creating a a a uh, group economics environment to where we pass money around to make sure that content creators are actually getting compensated for what they do. So <laughs> you barked up the wrong tree with that one. You barked up the wrong tree with that one. And I would ask you to go around and ask people in this space. Now, if you want to jump on somebody's panel and start talking crazy about me, you might end up looking stupid in the face because there ain't nobody in this sector. I don't care if they like me or not. There ain't nobody in this sector that's going to say, angry man, don't donate. Because everybody in this sector will know it's a flat out lie. But I get it. You come to my channel. You see me wearing nice clothes. You see me with nice things in the background. And then you instantly want to hate, you know, typical nigglet behavior. Okay? But like I've said so many other times before, instead of you worrying about what I'm doing, instead of you counting my pockets, what you should be doing is you should be soaking up some of my game that you come over here and watch for free. You can educate yourself. 
learn how to do something other than be a hater. Because last time I checked, being a hater don't pay nothing. Last time I checked, there ain't no 401k for haters. There ain't no retirement plan. There ain't no benefits. There ain't no insurance policy. There ain't no freaking ROI. There's nothing. There's nothing but you and your hate. That's all there is. And it ain't going to get you nowhere. But I get it. I get it. You hate because that's all you got. You hate because there ain't nothing else for you to do. Because you're probably some broke baby mama living on Section 8, mad at your baby daddy because he won't pay that $10 a week. Living off of freaking food stamps, WIC, and, 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 and every other piece of welfare you can get your hands on. And while you're running around here asking me why am I asking about donations for my intellectual property? What, for you to ask that of me makes you a hypocrite. And you know why it makes you a hypocrite? You know why it makes you a hypocrite? Because the taxpayers of this country should be asking you why you won't get off your lazy ass and go get a job or start your own YouTube channel and actually earn some money so that you don't have to live off of the taxpayer's dollar. See, I don't live off of the taxpayer. I pay taxes. And what I do is I've created a brand. I've created a show that people love to watch. People either are entertained by my show, informed by my show, and there have been numerous people who have told me that my content has changed their lives. Now, I would never know unless they tell me, but when they tell me, I tend to believe them because why would somebody say that unless it was true? Why would somebody say that unless it was true? So you can sit there and come with whatever insult you can try to come with. You can try to say, oh, well, you're just a YouTuber and you're just on YouTube asking for money. Anybody could do that. Well, give it a try. Give it a try. If anybody can do it, give it a try. I know plenty of people who have YouTube channels. I know plenty of people who, who I know plenty of people. I even know people in my personal life that have seen what I do with my YouTube channel and try to duplicate it. And they can't do it. See, all you see is me go live. That's all you see. You don't see what I do when I'm not live. You don't, you don't see me reading and pouring through books. You don't see me doing research on the internet to find out the information that I bring here. You don't see me doing any, any of that. 
You don't see me on the internet learning how to use these freaking uh, streaming softwares. You, you don't see me doing any of that. You don't see me when I'm over here on my freaking Apple computer doing my graphics and doing my thumbnails. You don't see all of that. In other words, you don't see all of the hard work behind the curtain that makes my show possible. And going back to what I originally said, if you think it's so easy, then duplicate it. Jay-Z said, they said they made hove. Well, make another hove. If it's so easy, then you do it. Then you do it. And then you'll find out really fast why people contribute to my show. You'll find out really fast that the contributions I get, not only did I earn those contributions, but it's a lot less than what I deserve. Do I trip about that? Nah. I don't trip about it because I know real people, genuine people, people who value my content, they are in rare supply. And the reason why is because most of my audience are black folk. And if black folk could get something for free, they will certainly not pay for it. See, it's people like you that's the reason stores have those uh, security things. People like you are the reason they put those security tags on clothes. People like you are the reason they have ushers go through the movie theater to see if anybody snuck in. People like you are the reason they make car alarms. People like you are the people who give black folks a bad name. Because you're always looking for the hookup and you always want something for free. You'll never pay a you'll never pay an a honest wage to a hard working person because you have absolutely no idea what hard work is. You've probably had maybe one or two jobs in your life or you went in and out of jobs. And when you were at those jobs, you didn't take pride in your work. You didn't take pride in what you did. You did just enough so you wouldn't get fired. And then you sit around and you talk trash about rich folks and pretend as if the only reason they're rich is because they're some other race or because of some sort of white privilege or some other crap or the luck of the draw, whatever. Oh, they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth or they had more opportunities than me or whatever. And never once does it cross your mind that maybe the reason why you're not successful is because you're a bum. Maybe the reason why you're not successful is because you get what you put out. You don't want to put out any money, so don't nobody give you any money. You don't want to value anybody's work, so nobody values yours. What I've learned in life is that 
you get back what you put out in the universe. So if you run around accusing people of being whatever, whatever it is you're accusing people of, they're probably going to give it right back to you. See, I know the value of hard work. You know the reason why I know the value of hard work? Because at the age of 15 years old, at the age of 15 years old, I got a job working at a pizza place. And I've been grinding ever since. I've been grinding ever since. I've had all kinds of jobs. All kinds of jobs. In my teens, I mostly worked at restaurants. I started out being waiter, dishwasher, or something like that. And I worked my way up to be a cook. And most restaurants, back in the day, they used to pay cooks a fairly good wage, depending upon how skilled you were. <clears throat> I've worked at fast food places. I moved up to more upscale restaurants where you actually wear the, the chef, the white chef uniform with the chef hat. I've also did manual labor jobs. I worked in a textile plant. One time, I worked on the floor where you weigh the cloth. I never worked on the floor where they actually had the knitting machines, luckily for me, because a lot of people ended up having respiratory problems after they worked there for years. I even did a little bit of, uh, I even worked for a little while in the dye house where they actually dye the cloth. A lot of people in there look older than they should be. So I've worked in a textile plant. I've worked in a furniture flat factory. I've worked in warehouses where I did shipping and receiving, where I actually had like a, a digital, this digital computer that's like a gun where you go around and do inventory. I worked in quality control. Where you inspect items. Make sure those items meet the company standard. I worked in warehouses as a forklift operator. I've operated gas-driven, gas-propelled uh, uh, forklifts, propane-propelled forklifts, electric forklifts. You know, the ones, I've, I've driven the ones where you got to put the propane tank on the back. I've driven the ones that are electric. When you get finished with it, you got to plug it up. To, to make sure that it has a charge on it for the next shift. I've worked, I've driven the, the, the Tarot truck, which is the big one that has the forks on this, that turn to the side. And it has like a laser guidance system where you get in the, when you get in the aisle, you have a cut in the concrete and you have that laser guidance system that finds that cut so that the, Terror truck won't hit any of the rafters. 
I've driven a cherry picker where you have the forks that are behind you, you back them up and get a pallet and you have a harness on you because the cherry picker goes up and it takes you up to the top and you have to have that harness on you at all times when you're driving a cherry picker. Those are OSHA's rules. If you know anything about OSHA, you, you probably worked in a warehouse. I've worked as a security guard for the North Carolina Department of Transportation. I've worked in sales, going door to door, selling Kirby vacuum cleaners. I've sold Kirby vacuum cleaners. I've sold Cutco knives. I've even had jobs in customer service. I've had jobs in customer service, data entry. I've had jobs in data entry for companies that had government contracts in the field of health and medicine. I know the codes for medications. I worked in customer service dealing with health insurance. And once I got tired of working for other companies and using my intelligence and my genius to improve other companies and make other people rich, I decided to become my own boss and be my own entrepreneur. I've been a street vendor where you go downtown and you get your peddler's license so that you can actually be able to sell products in the street. I've started my own businesses. One time I had a cleaning business, an upscale cleaning business where you actually clean many mansions. I had a elite driving service long before, um, long before Lyft and Uber. In fact, one of my friends, may he rest in peace, me and him both started our driving businesses at the same time. I've had a mobile oil change business where I would go to the person to change their oil in less than 15 minutes. And every time I had a business, I branded my business, registered my business, created all of the logos and graphics for my business. But a lot of those businesses were little hustles. It wasn't really what I would call full-blown brick-and-mortar businesses. I graduated to that. I went from those type of businesses, those little mobile street vendor type businesses. At one point, I even had a, I even had a mobile car repair business the paperwork and the whole nine.
from there, I went into tattooing. Learned the skill of tattooing. Learned everything I need to learn about cross-contamination, infectious diseases. Learned everything I need to learn about uh, sterilization in order for me to get my tattoo license and ended up getting my own tattoo shop for a while. After that, I became a barber, worked in an independently owned barbershop owned by one of my relatives and actually considered opening my own barbershop. And for the past almost 10 years, I've been self-employed. But not self-employed the way you're self-employed. Self-employed to where I have tax returns to show significant income for my self-employment. See, I'm not like you where you're just saying you're self-employed, which really just means you're unemployed. But I've done a lot of things and everything that I did, I took pride in my work, regardless of who I worked for. I didn't half-ass do my jobs. I did my jobs to the level I was expected to do my jobs, and sometimes I excelled past what I was supposed to do. When I worked in data entry for one particular company that I can't really say the name of because of disclosures that I signed, I actually created a system in that company that improved the productivity of it by 40%. That company actually runs better now, because I worked there at one point. So it, it, it really insults me when a lot of you broke bums who never accomplished nothing in life come to my channel and put little messed up comments in the comment section. See, everything I've done since I was younger... I've taken every skill that I've learned and I've applied it to my YouTube model. Every skill, the, the same way when I was in, the same way when I was in quality control and I had a checklist of things that I had to do. I have a checklist now of things that I had to do. The same way I work in auto repair and other industries where I had to know how to put things together and construct things and fabricate things. I use that skill now with my YouTube channel. The same way I learned about corporate branding when I went to school to earn my bachelor's in uh, web design and interactive media 
because what I'm doing here is interactive media. Everything I learned there, I apply to this. Nobody does my graphics. I do my graphics. Nobody analyzes my analytics to see where I can improve. No one does an audit of my business or an audit of my channel to see what can be approved upon. I do that. I do all of that. The skills I learned in sales. Going door to door selling Kirby's. It's the reason why I am successful at being able to have a brand here on YouTube and be able to earn money. See, most YouTubers, they get up here and they do their shows. They never once ask for anybody to contribute. Never. They'll just do their show and they just hope people contribute. I don't do that. And the reason why I don't do that is because coming up as a young salesman, I listen to people like Tony Robbins. I listen to people like Zig Ziglar. I listen to people like Robert Kiyosaki. I listen to these inspirational people. I've read books like The Go-Getter. I've read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I've read books like The Millionaire Next Door, The Four-Hour Work Week, The Automatic Millionaire, The Millionaire Mindset, The Law of Success in 16 Lessons. How to Win Friends and Influence People, Think and Grow Rich. See, the reason why people come to my channel and they find the things I say and the information I give out to be beneficial and worth a donation is because the information that I give out is 30 plus years of experience, 30 plus years of knowledge. People can come, people can come to my show and watch my show on a regular basis. And if they really paid attention to the things that I say, they could literally go from working at freaking McDonald's to owning their own business. You know why? Because they could sit here and listen to somebody explain to them how you go from working at McDonald's to own your own business. And not off of speculation, off of someone who did it. See, I understand the concept of the ABCs of sales. Always be closing. That's why when you come to my channel, you'll see me constantly say, yo, contribute to the channel. I'm not doing it right now because this is a, this is a bonus show. This is me just venting. This is me just pointing something out. Right? But there's a reason why. Whenever I go live, I always say that. I always say that because I'm always closing. I always say that because I have a goal to reach. A goal that I've set there and I've calculated in my mind. If I can reach this goal every show, then it makes the show worthwhile. 
It gives me the ability to sustain everything I need to sustain and to improve upon the brand. Well, did you think I you think I decided to stop cursing in my shows just because I want to be a kinder, gentler, angry man? No. That's strategy. You think I started chopping up my uh long form live streams just because? You think you think you think that hundred dollar bill behind me is just there just for show? It ain't just for show. And it's not there just to be aesthetically pleasing. It's there as a constant reminder. It's there as a constant reminder that regardless of what I'm talking about, regardless of what I'm doing, I am about a dollar. Regardless of what I'm doing, I am here to make a profit. I'm not a poor, righteous teacher. And, and I'm not one of these black folks that believes that everything runs off of hopes and dreams because it doesn't. The world runs off of money. And in order to have a bigger, larger voice, you got to have some money. You gotta have some money. There's no way, there's no way around that. There's a book. The book's called Timid Salesmen Have Skinny Children. And if you've ever been in sales before, especially a sales job where you don't make a dime unless you sell something. In other words, it's not salary and commission. It's just commission. In any job, and I would argue that it would be beneficial for anybody, at one point in your life, work a job where everything is just strict commission. It, it will be one of the hardest things you've ever done in your life. But the benefits from it far outweigh the money because what you find out real fast is if you go work for a sales company where they're just paying you strictly commission you watch you look around you and you'll see guys dropping like flies because once you get to the point where you only make money if you sell that separates the men from the boys immediately see a lot of people they get up here and they do youtube but very few of them would be able to do youtube full time and the reason why is because they've never had a job where they didn't get an hourly rate an hourly rate a salary or some sort of some sort of pay in addition to the commission. The commission is just a bonus. See, very few people can run a business. Very few people can work independently. Because they love the comfort 
of of that uh, that steady paycheck. They love the comfort of that steady paycheck, the security of it. But what they don't realize is that security is also a prison. Yeah, riding Uber, that's straight commission. Why do you think so many people are having so much difficulty right now? Why do you think so many people are having, like the moment that our economy started shifting into this sort of gig economy where there's no such thing as job security, right? Jay Jermaine said most of the wealthiest people in the world are salesmen, exactly. Because look, this is the difference between me and most people out here in the world, right? This is why they always screaming, oh, get a college education, get a college degree, blah, 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 right? Most of the people in the world operate like this. When they get fed, somebody prepares the meal for them. They, 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 they have the food ready made. They cook it, they prepare it for them, they put it on a plate, and they hand it to them. That's how most people get paid. See? You go to a job, you don't have to do nothing but just whatever job they give you to do. And usually they train you to do that. So they have a whole system. When you get hired, they have orientation day, and they have a little training process, which might last a week or two. So they'll show you how to do the job, you know, which is not difficult. You understand? They tell you, push this button, push that button, write this down, do this. And then you just wash, rinse, repeat. There's no problem solving. Not really. You know, and that's the reason why you get that meager wage, because you're not really doing anything. You're not really doing anything. They just need people. They just need a bunch of people to do something to make it more efficient. Right. Because they can't do it all by themselves. It's just like if I, you know, it's just like with the election. Right. You have people that volunteer to count ballots. One person could do that job, but it would take much longer. So they have to get 100 people to do it because it makes it easier. Right. Same thing with a factory, with a warehouse, with a with a company or whatever. Right. Like, for instance, you have a medical clinic. Right. You have a bunch of people doing a bunch of different jobs. Now, at the lowest level, at the entry level, you're going to have people who have to answer the phones. You're going to have people who have to, you know, do little basic things. Now, these are not difficult things to do. So you pay somebody minimum wage or a little above minimum wage to do these jobs or whatever, right? The real difficulty in that clinic is the person that works for the corporation that is a salesman. That's the most difficult job, okay? Because what they have to do, regardless of what company it is, they have to go around and get more contracts, get more vendors. And the way they do that is they go to these other companies or they go to these investors and they have to give them a presentation. Our company does X, Y, Z, and we do it better than this company because of this, right? 
And what the people don't realize at the bottom level who are answering phones and doing all of those things is if those salespeople at the top are not good at their job, sooner or later they will be out of a job because if they cannot get, keep, and maintain the contracts in order to keep the money flowing into the payroll, they're going to have to let you go. So whenever you see people running around here talking about, oh, uh, well, I got a real job because I get paid by the hour. The only reason you get paid by the hour and the only reason you have that real job is because there are people at the top of that corporation that make that possible. But they don't understand that because they don't understand the way businesses work. You see, most people who are at that level that get paid minimum wage, they view that job the same way they view welfare, the same way they view food stamps. They don't know where it comes from. They just know what they have to do to get it. Okay? That's all they know. If you work for a company where you answer phones, then you know all I have to do is go there and answer phones. And I'll get my paycheck. And just like I said, it's something prepared and then handed to you. So when you get your paycheck, they've already taken out the taxes. They've taken out the Social Security. They've taken out the money for your 401k. And you don't even realize, you know, people run around talking about my 401k, my four. All your 401k is, is your company taking your money and putting it into mutual funds. That's all they're doing. That's all your 401k is. Your 401k, your retirement, all of that shit. All it is is your company taking all taking a chunk of everybody's money and putting it into mutual funds and in in long-term uh, uh investments. Right? So they're doing all of that for you, right? Now, somebody like me, my meal is not prepared for me. In fact, somebody like me, what I have to do is I have to go out, hunt the food, or plant the seeds and grow the food. And then after I've harvested the food or hunted, cleaned, and, 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 and uh, cured the food, I then bring it into the house and then I cook it and prepare it and then I eat. But the reason why I will always be better off than the people who are having their food prepared for them is because what happens when you're sitting at the table and the people that prepare your food no longer can prepare it or don't want to prepare it? Well, now you're screwed. Because you don't know the process in order to get the food from the, the hunting ground or from the farm to the home to cook it. See, when I get my money in, nobody's putting it in a 401k for me. I have to do that. When I get my money in, nobody's paying my taxes for me. I have to do that. See, unlike you, you go work a job. If they say, you're fired, you got to go. 
Now you got to hope somebody else gives you another job so that you can keep getting that pre-prepared meal. See, I do a business. I run a business, right? I run a business. If my business goes down or my business fails, then I just start another business. I figure out what is working and then I go into that. So nobody else is in control of my financial destiny. I'm in control of my financial destiny. So if it doesn't go right, it's on me. I don't have a boss to blame. You feel me? I can't say, oh, the reason why I'm out on my butt, like Enron, for example, is because these corporate guys embezzled all of the money and they took all of the money out of the pension fund and they took all of the money out of the 401k and now I'm just, now I'm just stuck. Right? Lioness said, I got laid off twice. It was rough looking for a job. Well, see, here's the thing with me. I got tired of begging people for jobs. More specifically, I got tired of begging people for jobs that wasn't really paying enough money to live a decent life in the first place. you have a job you're working for money and you're trading time you're trading daylight for money i don't work for money money works for me see when i was in school i didn't pay attention but now that i'm grown attention pays me And you got some people, and really, that's really what it boils down to at the end of the day. The reason why you have people that are black that will come here and they'll say, oh, why are you asking for donations? Really, that's sour grapes. They're angry because they wish they could figure out how to do that. See, they look at it and they think it's not fair. You know, I remember a couple years ago, I went to Myrtle Beach and I went live one day while I was walking through. I was walking through a, I had, I was at Myrtle Beach and I had to go to the store to get something. I was walking through a Family Dollar and I went live and everybody was just watching me go through Family Dollar and people were donating. And there were people in the comment section mad. It's like, why are y'all paying him just to watch him walk through Family Dollar? See, that's jealousy. That's jealousy. Do you realize that some people out here, they work the whole day. They work a whole eight-hour shift. And all they get for that eight-hour shift is $50. Did y'all know that? There's some people that work a whole day and all they made that day was $50.
What's what's minimum wage right now? Somebody tell me what's minimum wage right now. What's minimum wage right now? Does anybody know? What's minimum wage right now? I can't remember if they increased it or not. Is it still seven something? Does anybody know? Anybody? Let's say for argument's sake that somebody makes $8 an hour, right? You say you believe it's $10? Okay, so $10. So you work an eight-hour shift, you made $80. After taxes, that's going to be $50 for that day. After taxes, that's going to be $50 for that day. Yeah, minimum wage is still $7.25. But let's just say for argument's sake, let's say let's say the minimum wage was raised to ten dollars. Right? Let's say the minimum wage was raised, well, seven fifty. Okay, let's say minimum wage, seven fifty. Seven fifty times eight. That's sixty dollars. <laughs> You see, you, you didn't even make you didn't even make fifty dollars. You didn't even make fifty dollars. So look, let's say somebody's watching my show and I'm live. And you know I got the little sound bite that says fifty dollar boss up, stack up, match up. What do you think a person is thinking when they're watching my show, which is about two or three hours? And during that two or three hour process, right, three hour show, let's just say for argument's sake, it's a three hour show. And they hear somebody say $50 boss up three times. So they know that I just made triple what they make in a whole eight hour shift. Right. And that doesn't even include the other donations, the other 10 here, five there, 20 here, 20 there. And God forbid somebody should come in and drop 100. So they see that and then they get angry. But instead of saying what's really on their mind, which is I can't stand you because you're able to make more money than me. What they choose to say instead is. Why are you asking for donations? See, that's translation to you should be messed up like me. That's that crab in the barrel mentality, right? Instead of coming to my channel like some people do and say, hey, angry man, you know what? 
I really hate my job, man. What can I do to change my circumstances? Now, anybody that has watched my show on a regular basis knows if somebody asks me that question, I'll answer it to the best of my ability because I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. If, if somebody comes to me and says, yo, angry man, I notice you're an entrepreneur and man, I really don't like my job. What is, what is it I can do to change my circumstances? Well, you already know the first thing I'm going to ask them is, what do you like to do? What do you enjoy doing? What do you enjoy doing? What's your passion? You feel me? And the only reason why I'm asking that is because I'm a firm believer that people will excel at the things they like doing. Now, there are some different schools of thought on this. There are some people that will say there's no such thing as getting rich doing something you enjoy doing. That's not true. It's not true. But you have some people that will basically say, oh, well, anything you do that's going to be successful, at some point you're not going to like it. Now, that is true. Let's say for argument's sake that you like working on cars. Let's say that that's something you do as a hobby. Well, I would say to you, well, you know what? Maybe you should try to open up your own auto repair shop. Maybe you can buy into a franchise. It's not really a lot of money to buy into a franchise like a Jiffy Lube or something like that, right? Instead of trying to come up with your own brand, come up with your own business from the ground up, reinvent the wheel, maybe you should buy into a franchise that's already a well-known franchise. You'll get business off of rank name recognition, right? Now, I can tell you right now, as much as you like working on cars, once it becomes a full-time business, there's going to be times where you don't like working on cars. But you are less likely to quit that because what will keep you doing it is the fact that at your core, you do enjoy doing that. I don't always want to do YouTube, but I really enjoy speaking to people. I really enjoy teaching people. I really enjoy passing along information. So on the days that I don't really feel like doing it, I'll still end up doing it because at my core, I enjoy doing it. So this is why I tell people, whatever it is you enjoy doing, that's what you should do. Because it's more likely the odds of you being successful at something you enjoy doing are way more likely than the odds of you being successful at something you hate doing. But see, people, you know, they don't know how to be anything other than a hater. So they come to your channel and they just want to shoot you down because it looks like you're doing better than them. And it's like, dude, I'm not problem free. I'm not problem free. I still have problems. I still have issues. I just deal with them in a different way. Rhea said, if you operate off the fear of being broke, that will reflect on how you view money. True. But I'm going to tell you like this, for, for that individual, baby whatever, baby whatever their name is, uh, baby guh, right? Shout out to Derek. He said, baby guh sound like a dirty Mac and freeloader because that's what baby guh is. 
Appreciate you, Brandon. Appreciate you, Ali. Look, this is what I know for certain. What I know for certain is, is this. Somebody like Baby Guh come into my comment section to talk about me. Look, if you think for one second that I'm going to sit up here on a platform that makes billions of dollars a year, that is also the largest media platform in the world, that broadcast worldwide. If you think I'm going to sit up here while you have people that are making millions of dollars and you think I'm going to sit up here and do content for free, you, you've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. There's a young kid named Corey or something like that. Him and his girlfriend make videos, and their videos are just them acting silly. I think I heard him say he's making a hundred some thousand dollars a month just off of his YouTube videos. If you think for one second that I'm going to sit up here giving life-changing advice, Information that changes your worldview. Information that could very well put you in a better position financially. You think I'm going to sit up here and do that for free? While you got some folks that's just up here BSing and they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month? You've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. I gave you the stats on YouTube. I gave you the stats on YouTube. YouTube is the largest media platform in the world, right? In fact, let me find my fact sheet about Facts about YouTube. <clears throat> Here's some financial facts about YouTube. Google acquired YouTube in 2006 for $1.65 billion. YouTube's revenue came to $15.1 billion for the full year 2019, up 36% from 2018. YouTubers' ad revenue in the second quarter of 2020 was $3.81 billion, up from $3.6 billion in the year-ago period. 
number of channels earning six figures per year on YouTube grows by 40% every year. I'm going to say that again. Number of channels earning six figures per year on YouTube grows by 40% every year. YouTube video influencers with 500 to 5K followers charge on average $315 per video. I'm going to say that again. YouTube video influencers with 500 to 5K followers charge on average 315 per video. Now, I'm not going to tell you guys how many subscribers I have, but it's well over 5,000. I haven't been at 5,000 subscribers since twenty. 16 okay now if you think for one second that i'm gonna sit back and look at these numbers 500 to 5k are making 315 per video and then if you have anywhere between 500 to 5,000 subscribers and you don't make 315 dollars at least per video then you're crazy you're crazy YouTube influencers with 500,000 plus followers charge on average $3,857 per video. So anybody with 500,000 plus subscribers. Now, I don't have that many, but the highest earner on the platform in 2019 was Ryan Kaji ranking in raking in 26 million. So this dude Ryan last year made 26 million dollars on YouTube as a YouTuber. But you come into my channel talking about why I'm asking for donations. You done lost your mind. You've lost your mind. That little dollar sign button at the bottom that says cash uh says super chat why do you think that's there why do you think i have the ability to fix it so that only people who are members of my channel can chat in the chat room if i really wanted to baby guh whatever your name is if i really wanted to i could do every video as member only in other words, you wouldn't even be able to watch my video for free. So instead of coming to my channel and saying, why are you asking for donations? You should be happy. You should be happy that I allow people to watch my video freely and only ask for a small portion of my audience to contribute. Because I could fix it so that nobody could watch my videos unless they're members. And trust me, I already have plenty of people that are members. So it's not like I'm not going to get a decent amount of numbers because I got a lot of members on my channel.
Most YouTube channels get paid 50 cent per thousand video views. YouTube pays $18 per thousand ad views on average. Over the past five years, YouTube paid out over $2 billion to partners with Content ID. YouTube made $15.14 billion in ad revenue in 2019. Revenue from YouTube ads came to $4.7 billion in the fourth quarter of 2019, up 31% year over year. Fun facts. YouTube is the second most visited site in the world. You know what the first visited site? Google. Who owns YouTube? 37% of all mobile internet traffic belongs to YouTube. More than 70% of what people watch on YouTube is determined by its recommendation algorithm. This is why being shadow banned is such a crushing um, uh, uh, punishment. First video was posted in 2005 from the San Diego Zoo. Gangnam Style was so popular that it broke YouTube's video counter. By 2025, it's predicted that 50% of viewers under 32 will not subscribe to pay TV. In other words, it's predicted that by 2025, 50% of viewers under 32 won't even watch regular TV, they'll just watch YouTube. 20% of users will leave a video if it hasn't hooked them in the first 10 seconds. YouTube provides free space in Los Angeles for anyone with 10,000 plus subscribers. Didn't know that, did you? Didn't know that, did you? There are more than 31 million YouTube channels out there. YouTube is technically the second largest search engine in the world. 61.5% of most popular YouTube videos cannot be viewed in Germany. Most viewed video on YouTube is Louise Fonzie's Despaccio, excuse me, Despacito, featuring Daddy Yankee with 6.6 .6 billion views. YouTube's live stream of Coachella's first weekend earned over 82 million live views. Justin Bieber's baby video managed to generate 11 million dislikes and counting. 61.5% of most popular YouTube videos cannot be viewed in Germany. I already said that. The most popular YouTube channel, T-Series, has 150 million subscribers. There are 9,000 plus partners using Content ID, including many major network broadcasters, movie studios, and record labels. YouTube partners have claimed over 800 million videos since Content ID was implemented. YouTube employees have the option of taking a slide instead of 
stairs or the elevator. Those are some fun facts, but YouTube demographics, 73% of U.S. adults use YouTube. 78% of U.S. male adults use YouTube. 68% of U.S. female adults use YouTube. 77% of 15 to 25 year olds in the U.S. use YouTube. More than 16% of YouTube site traffic comes from the U.S. 89% of YouTube users come from outside the U.S. 62% of businesses use YouTube. 51% of people over 75 watch videos on YouTube. 77% of 26 to 35-year-olds from the U.S. use YouTube. 51% of YouTube users say they visit the site daily. 37% of millennials aged 18 to 34 are binge-watching YouTube daily. 70% of YouTube watch, 70% of YouTube watch time comes in mobile devices. This is why I said the cell phone changed the game, the smartphone. YouTube services are available in more than 100 countries in 80 languages. YouTube has 265 million active users in India. 71% of 26 to 35 year olds from the U.S. use YouTube. 79% of 18 to 34-year-olds prefer videos uploaded by people. Now, with all of that being known, and I'm going to say this even if nobody else agrees with it, but I will point it out. I will point it out. You would have to be a fool. You would have to be a nutcase. You would have to be certifiable to create a YouTube channel and not try to make any money. But like I said before, and I'll say it again, There are people that will come to YouTube and they'll watch somebody like me getting in on the ground floor and talk junk about it, right? Or better yet, they'll come here and they'll watch somebody as a YouTuber create this sort of you know, like like Phil from the Advice Show, how he does news, right? There are Negroes that will come here and talk junk about him or talk junk about me and say YouTube isn't a real job, it's not a real business or whatever. And then 20 years from now, you'll have someone that was a YouTuber and they'll grow to a level of success like the Marcus Brownleys of the world. And then... They'll buy a freaking building. They'll buy a freaking skyscraper. And they'll put their business in that skyscraper, the business that was grown off of YouTube. And they'll employ thousands of employees. And the same individual that was talking junk about the guy that owns that building, that built his business off of YouTube, the same individual that was clowning him 20 years ago, 
will be sitting in the lobby of that building filling out a job application. Now think about that for a second. Let that sink in for a second. Let that sink in for a second. Shout out to Mark G. He said, chicks at OnlyFans breaking the bank. Yeah. Kenneth, appreciate you. Now, I just ran down the numbers of YouTube. The amount of growth, the amount of financial opportunity is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You literally have the opportunity to capitalize on a business that is generating billions of dollars a year. But you spend that time coming to my channel telling me that I shouldn't be. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. It, it defies logic. It defies logic. And it's only it's only black people that do it. It's only black people that do that. What, what what's the guy's name? Uh uh What's the guy's name that knocked out uh, Nate Nate Robinson last night? Well, what's that guy's name? And oh yeah, by the way, to everybody that was coming to my channel asking me who I had in that fight between Tyson and, and, and Roy Jones Jr., I told y'all. Now, they tried to say it was a draw, but Tyson obviously won that fight. Roy Jones was running the whole time. He was running and clinching the whole time. Roy Jones was scared to death in that ring with Mike Tyson. And everybody tried to say, oh, between rounds, they were both exhausted. No, they wasn't. Tyson wasn't exhausted. When they showed Tyson in that corner, when they showed Tyson in the corner, Tyson was chilling. Tyson was chilling. Roy Jones was, was out of breath. He was... He was done. You feel what I'm saying? Tyson wanted to keep going. After they got to the eighth round, Tyson wanted to keep going. Tyson wanted to keep going. But to get back to my point, uh, what's his name? Jake Paul or whatever. He just knocked out an NBA player. You know the only reason why you know who he is? You know the only reason why he's had the opportunity to get, into, get in the ring with an NBA player? I'll wait for the answer. I'll wait for the answer. Because of YouTube. Thank you. 
Because of YouTube. Because of YouTube. The internet has even the playing field. The internet has even the playing field. It's leveled the playing field. The only reason, look, the only reason a lot of you are not blinded by mainstream media during this whole election process and actually know what's really going on is because of YouTube. It's because of YouTube. So instead of being mad with me because I'm asking for contributions, man, look, go find something productive to do. Because I'm doing something productive every day. Every day. Every day. <clears throat> there's some there's some of you out there, you don't even do you don't even do your hobby every day. I drop videos, I drop videos more than some people wash their ass. Do you realize that? But you got the nerve to think that I don't deserve to make any money? Do you do you see how hard in the paint that I go? I drop videos twice a day. Most people don't even wash their ass once a day. And I could see if I just got up here and was just whistling Dixie. I could see if I got up here and I was yodeling. I could see if I got up here and I was just talking out the side of my neck. I, I get up here and drop fire every time I get up here. Every time I get up here, I'm coming with some shit. Every time. Like every show, I don't care what show I do. <laughs> I don't care what show I do. You're going to be able to take something away from my show. You, you're going to be able to take something away from my show. Pookie said that Manosphere crap is so washed up. They want you back, angry man. What, you heard him saying something? You heard him saying something? It seemed dead. Some of the channels I took the time to actually watch, it seemed like the black Manosphere is, is, is dead.
said tumbleweeds. Say facts is cuffing season, so guess what they talk? Oh, I already know what they talking about. I already know what they talking about. Let me find out I was the glue that was holding it together. Winfrey, appreciate you. Luther said, my birthday weekend ended right. Thanks, appreciate you. Hey, man, happy birthday to you, Luther. Happy birthday to you, fam. <clears throat> Let me let me find out I was the glue holding it together. Let me find out I was the last I was the last pillar holding it together. I'll tell you what, they're going to have to figure it out. Let's see, Pookie said, it's going to be so many politics channels in the beginning of New Year's. Angry man, watch what I tell you. Oh, you think they're going to try to jump in politics? I thought about that. I thought about that. I said, what if cats try to do politic channels just because they seen me do it? I thought about that. I thought about that. Like, what if they try to... Well, I tell you what. I, I'll tell you this right now. If they wait until... If they wait until next year, if they wait until after the outcome, it's like, if you want to do a political channel, right now is the best time to be doing it. If you missing out on this right now, you... I don't see them doing political channels because it, it requires too much. It requires too much intellectual heavy lifting. They have to really be paying attention to what's going on in politics. I don't see them doing that. I don't see them doing that. Now, what they might do is they might watch me or somebody else talk about it and then repeat what was said. They might do that. They might watch me or watch somebody else and just repeat, repeat what they see. But I'll tell you this. I have a deep sense of satisfaction inside. And the reason why I have a deep sense of satisfaction is because Whenever I cruise the streets of YouTube and look at a lot of different channels, man, really, they, I don't know. It's not looking too good. Let me let me go and look at a couple of channels real quick. Let me see. 
Let me check out some old friends. Check out some old friends. Yep, talking about the same BS. Same BS. Talking about the same BS. Same crap. Ew. Dang. Dang. Them views is horrible. Oh my God. Okay, let me let me ask you guys this question. Since since I am no longer since I'm no longer in the manosphere, who who would you say has the biggest who would you say has the channel that's blowing up the most right now? In, in the black manosphere. Who, who would you say has the, 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 the most growth right now? Said Bernard. Sounds about right. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. Let's see, you said grown man business on fire. Yeah, but you know, I don't really consider grown man business black manosphere. I really don't. I really don't. I, I feel like grown man business is going to end up being like Steph is cold or um, Coach Greg Adams or something like that. Because in my opinion, I feel like black manosphere are usually individuals that talk about women, BFF, you know, and that's pretty much it. Like every topic, every topic you say, you would say KS, he's not, that's not manosphere. That's not black manosphere. That's not black manosphere. Nobody north of 50,000 subscribers is black manosphere. They may say they are, but they're not because they have a different audience.
Zitty straddles the fence. What well, doesn't matter if he straddles the fence or not. Look, right now, I could sit here and say that I'm still black manosphere, but I know I'm not. And the reason why I know I'm not is because I'm getting an audience from somewhere else. You you can when you look at your audience and you look at how your audience is growing, you can tell. You feel me? I can look at I can look at people in the chat room. I can look at the comment section and I can tell. I can tell. It's it's not it's not a manosphere audience. It's still I still have a lot of people that are audience of the manosphere, but that's not the only people watching me. That's not the only people watching me. And if you if you have if you have over fifty thousand subs, is is I can guarantee you that your audience does not consist of just manosphere. Like I, I heard BGS say, and I gotta agree with him, the manosphere is only the most you can get in the manosphere is 50k. If you're getting anything above that, that's not the manosphere. Yeah, well, BOA, there, there's certain people that I know are going to be successful. There's certain people I know that are going to be successful. The ones I'm talking about that aren't really doing well, I'll put it to you like this. Anybody that expands their horizon behind, uh, beyond just talking about women and relationship issues or dating issues, anybody that goes beyond that is going to be successful. Other people are just going to get, they're going to get stuck in a rut. And that's what you have with a lot of cats. They're stuck in a rut. They're stuck. They got to learn how to talk about other stuff. Because everybody, people don't want to hear that all the time. People don't want to hear that all the time. They're tired of listening to that. Anyway, let me get up out of here and take my butt back to sleep. I'll be back later on today with some more developments because I already see some developments coming out. Oh, yeah. Did you realize the judge um, down in Georgia after the federal judge <laughs> after the federal judge weighed in? and stop them from messing with the voting machines. That same judge, the dude, uh, what's his name? What is the guy's name? Judge, um, what's the guy's name? I can't think of his name, but he reversed his position again. <laughs> He reversed his position again. 
What's the guy's name? So you remember I told you that... Okay, so what's the judge's name? Judge Timothy C. Batten. So Sunday morning, he put a freeze on Dominion services, on, on Dominion voting systems, on the machines in Georgia. Said, don't touch them. A couple hours later, he reverses his decision. Then a federal judge steps in. After the federal judge steps in, he changes his position again and puts a 10-day hold on it saying nobody can mess with the machines for 10 days like bro make up your mind what what are you gonna do see i think they starting to realize let's see it says just timothy c batten senior issued an order on sunday morning to freeze all dominion voting machines in the state of georgia via attorney lynn wood defendants are ordered to Maintain the stat, blah, 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 right? So then he turns around. It says, then later this afternoon, Judge Timothy Batten reversed claim later today based on defendants' claim that Georgia counties control the Dominion voting machines. So Lynn Wood said, what? Judge reversed order based on defendants' claim that GA counties control voting machines. Machines are owned by the state. GA Secretary of State administ administers state laws on elections. Why are GA officials determined to wipe these machines clean by resetting them? So after he said that, tonight at 10 p.m., 10, 10 p.m. on Sunday night, Judge Timothy Batten again issues a temporary restraining order for 10 days against the destruction of evidence. <laughs> so here we have a judge who's trying to keep, he's trying to keep his butt out of the fire. Yeah, he saw that heat coming. He saw that heat coming. He was like, oh, I don't want no parts of this. Yeah, he saw that heat coming. I'm telling you right, look, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you. I'm starting to believe what I said is true. I'm starting to believe that Trump is, is on some Machiavellian type ish right now. I'm telling you right now. I see it all playing out. I see it all playing out. It, it seems like Trump is setting the table for a, a, this huge feast. I'm telling you right now, bro. I'm telling you right now. And you got these folks scrambling. They scrambling. They doing all types of goofy stuff. And see, here's the thing. When you start trying to scramble and start trying to cover your tracks and start trying to clean everything up, that's when you start making the most mistakes. And you see them making huge mistakes. You see them making huge mistakes. Huge mistakes. It's just a matter of time now. It's just a matter of time. And I'll tell you this right now. So he pardoned uh, General Flynn, right? You got to ask yourself, why did he do that? Now General, is, General Flynn is going around uh, 
saying uh, uh, team cracking. And he did an interview and he tossed out the word treason. Yeah. I got to go listen to that whole interview. I I got to go listen to that whole interview. But <laughs> is it I heard that the Justice Department of Justice returned tribunal deaths by hanging, death by firing squad and death by uh, I've been hearing that rumor too. I've been hearing that rumor too. But all I know is this. We live in interesting times. We live in interesting times. And I've been hearing certain stuff. People have been saying certain stuff. I wasn't able to do the X-Files video today, but I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow night. I'm going to do it tomorrow night. After I, I got to get some more information. Um, but I've been hearing some stuff. I've been hearing some stuff. And if what I've been hearing is true, whole lot of people going to jail. Whole lot of folks going to jail. It seemed like all of this was a huge sting operation. Like they walked right into it. And people keep saying, oh, they won't show us the proof. Why would they? Why would they? Why would they? And, and I tell you something else too. I tell you something else too that most people aren't thinking about. So today, they claim that Swiper was playing with his dogs and twisted his ankle or something. They said he fractured his. So that was the reason for, for him going to the, to the hospital or wherever he went, right? They literally blocked the reporters so they couldn't see him coming in and out. I don't think he hurt his leg. I think he went in there for another reason. I, I think he went in there for, for, for something dealing with his mental capacity, dealing with his... It, it, something don't sound right about that. Something don't sound right about that. Something don't sound right about that. How, how you, how you, how you almost eighty years old? Who, what eighty year olds do you know go outside and play with dogs? You know any eighty years old, eighty year old men that go out and wrestle and play with dogs and stuff? I don't. Joshua said. Peace from Detroit, fam. Can you read my message in the chat? I don't want to affect this the topic. Hold on, let me scroll back. Yeah, I just read the message. I just read it. Rex said, have you heard about more about gambling sites? I had a rack on Trump and the bet was open for a minute last week they gave my bet an l 1k gone i don't know i don't know how they doing with the with the gambling sites 
I'm not sure how that's going to play out. All I know is we're we're witnessing we're witnessing history in the making. We're witnessing and I think that Trump is making another agency. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think I think that he's creating another agency. I think he is. I could be wrong, but I think he is. And I think that's the reason why he's been going through firing certain people and all of this different stuff. But anyway, I'm about to get up out of here, man. You said he did. It's called NCSWIC. What, what does that stand for? What does that stand for? See, I, man, I'm so glad I'll be recording these videos, man. Look. I'm so glad that I'll be recording. How much of this stuff have I been telling y'all? Like, yo, I, I hate to sound like I'm some sort of prophet or some sort of psychic or something. I, I just know. I just know that I am a student of this book right here. And how much of this stuff is playing out the way I told y'all it was going to play out? Like, let's just be real, man. How much of this stuff, because I've been said he, he need to start a new organization. I've been said it. I've been said he's probably going to do that. I've been said... He's about to do some Michael Corleone type ish. I be, yo, I'm telling you right now, bro. I'm telling you right now. It's it's about to be some. It's about to be some. Anyway, let me get up out of here so I can get some sleep. So I can get up because I know it's gonna be a lot of information that comes out. You know the 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 Republican, you know the Republican senators. Um, Republicans plan to occupy Georgia State House tomorrow. In response to Secretary of State ordering Dominion voting machines to be wiped. That should be interesting. In addition to that, you got the thing going on in Arizona. 
In addition to that, you got the thing going on in Nevada in on Tuesday. And I heard that Michigan is about to have their meeting. So, yeah. Ish is about to hit the fan. Ish is about to hit the fan. I, I think for the first time in history, we're actually going to see some politicians get locked up. Some some high level politicians. Like, <laughs> I think we're gonna see it. I think we're gonna actually see it. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Let me let me read what this what this is. Cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. Yeah, I got to do some research on this. I got to do some research on this. I got to do some research on this. Said, notice how Pelosi disappeared. There's a lot of people that's quiet. There's a lot of people that were really vocal that are quiet now. Oh, I've been peeping that. I've been paying attention to that. There's a whole lot of people that was running their mouth that's mad quiet right now. Like, they not making a peep. They not out here talking about some Trump shit can see, Trump shit. They done shut up. They done shut all the way up. They done, they done shut all the way up. They done shut all the way up. They done shut all the way up. They not, they not running their mouth. They ain't got none of that energy. It's like, no, nah, keep that same energy. Keep that. I gotta go look at, I gotta go look at that interview. There's an interview where General Flynn is talking with another uh uh high-ranking uh military guy. And, and from what I understand, that little that little back and forth between them was explosive. Like the stuff they were saying, I think it. I think it's true. I think that freaking, I think that freaking executive order in in uh, uh, in 2018, I think he put that in play, and ever since then, he's just been sitting back, allowing all of the pieces to fall in their right places. I think he set a trap and they walked right into it. I think they set a trap and he walked and I think that he set a trap and they walked right into it.
I think they felt like, I think they, you know, I'm going to tell you what I really truly think. I think the deep state, I think the swamp underestimated him. I think they grossly underestimated his chess skills. And it's going to cost them dearly. I mean, if it, look, I'm reading the tea leaves. You feel me? I'm looking at, I'm looking at the way stuff is falling into place and the way stuff is laying out. And, and I'm wondering why isn't Trump saying more? Like whenever he does these interviews, he kind of sticks to the same thing. And that's not like Trump. Trump usually, you know, goes on his, you know, he goes into all of the stuff or whatever. And I'm like, nah, he keeping his cards close to his chest. Like he's being real tight lipped. He, and the other day when he went in on that on that freaking reporter, I said, wait a minute. This is a little bit different because he was like, don't he's like, don't talk to me like that. Don't you ever talk to me like that. I'm the president. I said, Yo. <laughs> David, appreciate the membership. Blacks for Trump. He said, this has been planned way before Trump. Really? 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 Hmm. I, I gotta look into that. I gotta look into that. All I know is this, like, it would be epic. It would be epic if, if, if these bad actors are finally brought to justice, not only would it be epic, but it would solidify America back on top again. Because it would send a message to the whole world. You you can't infiltrate us from the inside. You can't infiltrate us from within. Like real talk. Real talk. It it would send it would send a powerful message. Real talk, man. Cuz it's is is more than time like these Democrats, man. They've been running wild. They've been running buck wild, fam. Like real talk, man. But anyway, let me get up out of here, man. Like I said, I'm not going to keep this up. This is just me running my mouth a little something. A little something. So I'm going to get up out of here so I can go to sleep and see what's going to happen today because it's about to be explosive explosive it's about to be explosive man it's about to be explosive but yo man y'all already know what it is man keep the pride hold the line and remember remember stay conservative my friends i will talk to you guys later on today deuces